Welcome to Jam Sessions 2020. This is your host, Jane Ann Murray, president of J. Murray Consultants in Toronto. This is episode number 17 out of 42 potential podcasts in celebration of my 42 year, 42nd anniversary as a marriage and family therapist. I just can't believe June has almost passed and it was 42 years on June 16th since I started uh, doing therapy with clients uh, in the United States and I just I still can't believe it I personally have experienced a lot of loss lately the death of my mom in particular if you go back to episode I think it's five my mother myself she passed away May 19th but that episode had been recorded before that in honor of Mother's Day. She had a 10-year battle with Alzheimer's and had been a healthy and happy and so with it former teacher in her time. When I encounter loss of that magnitude or stress or sometimes sleepless nights but then eventually into very sleep full nights as in deep sleep, I, over the course of my life, had ha- have had a number of reoccurring dreams, three of them specifically, that surface over time to remind me of important things in my life. I woke up this morning having had one of those three dreams and decided that today I wanted to speak about dreams and dream work in the process of therapy. Later on in the podcast, I will call in a couple of my expert colleagues to talk about their dream work and how we can do that work on our own. But just the other night, I had one of the dreams yet again. It's my house that I sold in 2012 after 22 years. Each time I dream it, there's something new or something different, but structure of it is the same. In this particular dream, there was a new curbside appeal. There were new gardens in the front and a new orange front door. Orange is my favorite color, so that makes sense. But there's an obvious river running on the, which would have been down the side of the house, but it's running through the left side of the house and it looks like the foundation is unsupported. It's above the stream of water. The front door is open. Everything inside is intact. When you walk through the living room, the dining room, the kitchen, you get to the back door and the whole back section of the kitchen is open, as in there's no walls. Now, every time I dream it, there's different people, there's different rooms, uh, and there's sometimes a different focus. But I just think, what, what's really going on? In this dream, there are no people. It's just this expanse of openness and the water running through it. I wonder what it means. 
in the course of my work, as clients have interacted with me and shared with me their dreams, I have recorded my dreams and oftentimes I'll just keep a journal and a notepad and a pen beside my bed and I will wake up with a start having had a vivid dream and I will write down what I can remember, just bits and pieces. At first, it was just words, house, water, river. Uh, And then gradually, the dreams take on a story. And so you need to know that dreams are a part of your story. They're a vivid piece of your story that sometimes does not get addressed in your daily working life, but comes to life to illumine and give you insight and give you reference and give you pointers and give you clues and give you direction from within, from very, very deep within. In the daytime, sometimes you don't have time to stop and pause and 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 go there in terms of what the dream uh, illuminates and um, plays out for you. So over the course of the years of client work, when a client begins to do that level of personal work, the story also begins to unfold through their dreams. And you know, I, I just so love the work of um, Jungian analyst, uh, Dr. Robert Johnson. Uh, in his book called Owning Your Shadow, he talks about your more powerful self that is actually what is in the unconscious. That as you explore and as you delve and as you go deeper, you get to these pieces which we call the shadow. Now, some people, we're going to come back to the shadow, but some people say dreams are visions or goals that are not yet achieved. And so in some of the dreams, there's they're action-packed. There's stuff going on. They're unrealized action and momentum that you sometimes don't really get to achieve or experience in your waking life. One author says, if your dreams don't uh, scare you, they're too small. But as you give yourself permission, just as you're dropping off to sleep, as you give yourself permission to dream bigger and more expansive, more open, more wide, more deep, you'll see, you'll experience your deeper self with a capital S. Clients will often say, um, as they do this work as well, it's a very short life. There's no room um, and there's no time not to go after uh, what sets you on fire. And sometimes it's in our dreams that we get set on fire, that we see a passion that we have that we haven't really been able to implement or um or activate in our real life. So a dream written down with a date, even if it's just in your journal as you wake up at night with a start, a dream with a written down date becomes a goal. And a goal broken down into little steps could become a plan. And a plan that you back up by actions or that you take action on 
can become a reality. So the process from going way deep in the unconscious and through a dream can actually be implemented into your real life. And so life will only change when you become more committed to your dreams than to your comfort zone. Some, some clients would say, upon questioning, oh, I never dream. And I say, but do you want to? Do you want to see what's there? So Robert Johnson, in his work on what's there, says human beings actually begin as a whole product. And culture proceeds from there, making certain rules to follow. You should do this this way, not that way. It's essential to drive on this side of the street or that side of the street. And a cultured human being is the product of all that sorting or sifting. The things are not just revered. These things are considered useful and they disappear from sight and they sometimes disappear from consciousness. You do them automatically. You don't even think twice. This is a wonderful and necessary process and there would be actually no civilized behavior without this sorting, sorting, sorting and sifting, sifting out of good and evil. However, the rejected and unacceptable characteristics and rules and systems, they don't go away. They collect in the darker corners of our personality. And when they've been hidden long enough, they take on a new life. We call it a shadow life. The shadow is that which has not yet adequately entered your consciousness. It's in the, it's in the sometimes despised quarter of our being. We actually don't want to go there. It's often an energy potential can be almost as great or more powerful than our ego. And if it accumulates more energy than our ego, it erupts as an overpowering rage or some crazy indiscretion that slips past us. Or we have a depression or we have an accident. It seems to have its own purpose. The shadow, when it becomes anonymous, can be a real monster in our psychic house. And in the last, um, in the last episode, we talk about psychic sludge. Yeah, mm -hmm. there can be psychic sludge in our unconscious. But you know, some of the best aspects of a person are relegated to the shadows. There may be pure gold in your shadow. And if I were attempt to bring out that quality in you, it could be anything, your capacity to love or your capacity for devotion, it could, it could frighten you. A person's genius is actually more terrifying than their dark side. It's important to be careful in eliciting these new or unknown things from your personality, things that you didn't know were there. But when you see them in your dreams, they don't look so threatening. They're just part of the story. They're part of the movie that unfolds as you sleep. And when someone comes in for therapy or treatment, um, they expect that we'll go digging into their skeletons and, and into the closet. But it's funny, clients react the worst or get the most frightened 
when they're faced with some part of their genius, some part of their powerhouse, some part of their powerful personality. So there's a couple of ways of coping with our shadow. Um, one of is suppression and or repression. Sometimes we just knowingly de- delete some characteristics of our personality, but we see them, we get glimpses of them in our dreams. And sometimes we convince ourselves that these unwanted characteristics absolutely do not exist in us. And that, that kind of repression actually does the most damage. So when a person begins to do that therapeutic work and they start to come forward, and even without giving themselves permission, they start to have dreams, we see that repressed material. We see those repressed pieces of the story coming to life. So Dr. Johnson argues, and I would concur, you need to know your shadow. You need to own it. You need to see it. You need to allow yourself to dream it. Some people will dream dreams and see visions and it will empower them to actually make more of their current life. You can obey the cultural rules and and keep your own shadow out of circulation. But don't forget that you have it. And once that you give yourself permission in your dreams to experience that shadow, to illuminate the little dark corners that you may have put aside or pressed down or wanted to forget or cut them off, once you allow these little pieces to form a puzzle that starts to be form a picture that can in fact be incomplete but the more you work the more you dream the more you bring into your consciousness those pieces of the story the more you have to work with the more potential you have the more greatness you can achieve the more wholeness you can have the more healing you can experience So therapy is a direct way to help us uncover and work with our shadow, but it's not the only way. You have to have a true willingness to look at what it is. Your dreams will flood you with that material. And most of a person's dreams are the unlived life. And you must approach a dream by thinking, This is a part of me I don't know about, or maybe that I've lost track of. I better sit up and take take notice of this. I better pay attention. And if you dream about bandits or the mafia or wars, rumors of wars, these are your own dark sides. And if you dream about being a hero, being on top of the world, being the person recognized, the person honored, the person revered, this is a latent quality in you as well. And it's amazing how much resistance we can actually put up to the, to the gold, to the value, to the potential in our shadow. Personal circumstances certainly influence what's deep inside us. The culture in which we live has a lot to do with how we feel and how we interpret our personal circumstances. 
And so we just need to pay attention to what and how we dream. And we begin to balance what we see and, and envision and experience in our dreams with how we're handling our current and present circumstances. Oh, I just love working with clients on their dreams. It just adds a completely different dimension to the work that we do. And so I wanted to give you a little bit of a toolkit, um, the most, sort of the most basics for doing your own dream work. And I would, uh, I would suggest, and over the course of the 42 podcasts, I've been offering people, uh, clients in past, present, and future, uh, the opportunity to do a little piece of work I'm celebrating my 42 years. I'm charging $42 for 42 minutes. It's all part of my theme. And so if you're interested to share a dream, prior to connecting with me, do a little bit of your own work so that you can come a little bit prepared and make the best of that time. First and foremost, consider that all dreams speak a universal language and they come to serve you. They're a, they're a part of your health and your wholeness. And as such, there's no such thing as a bad dream. You may believe that you have nightmares, but only sometimes the dreams can take a dramatic negative, but they're really just to grab our attention. And you need to know that each figure, each hero, each victim, each scene, each element, the water, the house, the street, the curb appeal, the flowers, the open wall in the backyard, to the backyard. Each piece of that, each, each part, is a piece of the puzzle and a piece of you. And only the dreamer, only you can say with any certainty, certainty what mean, meaning the dream may have. And you know, that, that certainty I've heard it so many times, that famous word, aha. It's the recognition. The aha is a function of your memory and it's the only real reliable touchstone of dream work. When you have, oh, oh yes, that resonates with me, that connects with, I get it. That's the validation. And you know, there's no such thing as a dream with only one meaning. Every time I've had my reoccurring dream, and there are three of them, this one, one of the three is about the house. And the house usually represents your life. So each time I dream it, I'm dreaming an aspect of my life that I need to see in pictures, that I need to see in the story that will help me handle what's on my plate in the present. So there's no such thing as a dream with only one meaning. All dreams and all the dream in images are multi-layered and have multiple meanings and layers of significance. And the more you dream it, the more insight you're going to have to it. And dreams, no dream comes to tell you what you already know. It's usually a level that you haven't gotten to. All dreams break new ground and invite you to new understandings and insights. 
I apologize. My, my puppy is barking in the background. However, I'm on a roll and I don't want to stop. So when you're talking to others about your dreams, it's very... And, and if you're talking to someone else about them relaying a dream to you, I've often said to different friends, oh my gosh, I had such an incredible dream last night. I actually wrote it, got up and wrote it down. So when you're talking to others about their dreams, it's very wise and it's also polite to preface the remarks you make. As you're listening to that person, you're going to say, if that were my dream, it might be about whatever you heard. And you need to keep the, the commentary that you make about that other person's territory because it's their unconscious speaking to them and you are a privileged listener if you have opportunity to do that. So you want to keep it in the first person. And also when you say, hmm, if it were my dream, it actually makes it easier to hear, easier for you, the listener, to hear. But it's also easier when the dreamer hears you saying, if it was my dream, it would be about, it would be about that river running through it. It would be something is running through underneath all that you're dealing with in your life at this point. So this means that even, even challenging or confrontive comments need to be made in such a way that the dreamer can actually hear and is able to hear and internalize them. And you know, it becomes a very profound discipline to walk a mile in the other person's shoes. So when you say, if you're listening to my dream about the house, you could say, oh, your life is falling apart. There's absolutely no back wall. The whole house is open. People can see in. They, they, there's no wall. There's no boundary. So when, when, when I hear someone saying, if it were my dream, and it's missing the back wall, then I'm more likely to listen because they're putting into it into their perspective from their first person. And I get a sense that they're with me. And if you're in a group and you know it's it's great at a party, for example, to start talking about your dreams, you'd be surprised at how many people really do want to voice what's going on that they're seeing in their dreams, but they, they have nowhere to share it. But in the therapeutic process, it's a very sacred and holy ground that we're walking. So we step lightly. But we also need to remain anonymous in the discussion. And um, I'm pretty open as a therapist and I do say if a person asks I can say well I can only speak about this dream or that dream and I have shared in a number of different contexts my three reoccurring dreams uh, the one about the house which changes all the time and that house has been sold for almost eight years so I'm in a whole new phase of my life but that foundation that piece of house which represents my life is ever changing and growing and moving towards a different level of integration. And so in the absence of a specific request for confidentiality, I ask that people 
can be free to discuss what they want outside the group. They can even talk about my dream. It doesn't matter to me. I've talked to many people about it, but I like to keep an, uh, uh, a, a mystique about it as well. So when a person requests confidentiality, well, the sessions are confidential anyway. I don't talk about the person specifically. I talk about the dream or a dream, but we need to agree to be bound by that confidentiality of the deep. We're approaching the deep. We're delving deep. And we want to keep that sacred. Especially as a person comes for the first few times to explore the deep. Because the deep isn't always the place you want to be. Most people want to be high and lofty and enthusiastic. And we can be about our dreams, but we do need permission to go deep and to have those pictures, those themes, those stories illuminate us and challenge us and, and maybe even take over us. And that's sometimes the shadow that we referred to earlier. That's the shadow speaking. And sometimes that is where our powerhouse and I say powerhouse because that house, our life, even with a river running through it, is where we start and where we grow from. And so that shadow can be our most important pieces that we have yet to integrate into our current state, our current reality, our current place, our current loss, our current life. I do invite you to connect with me about your dreams and I invite you to give yourself permission to dream, to dream big, to dream deep and to begin to remember your dreams. Remembering and digging deep in there is accessing parts of you that could be your best self you don't even know it yet. Until next time.